I recall when I was a teenager, my one big accomplishment I had was improving my sitting trot. I did it on my own, but I wasn't good at sitting the trot in my lessons. I struggled. Between lessons, I explored on my own, and I found out that if I slowed the trot enough, my sitting trot improved. My instructor would have never allowed me to slow my horse's trot that much in a lesson. But on my own, I was able to eventually build the energy in my horse's trot and still continue to sit the trot well. And quickly, I was able to sit the trot in my lessons. In the long run, slowing down my horse's trot didn't seem to have a negative impact on my horse. Now, it was a long time ago, and I've learned a lot since then. But I still use this strategy of finding a trot you can sit in order to help my students improve their sitting trot. Now, there's lots of strategies and approaches you can use to improve your seat, and I'd like to share with you a few of my thoughts on that today. Hello, I'm Suzanne Stefano. I help riders find the subtle adjustments that make the difference in to improve their seat, their riding. Now, the importance of your seat. First and foremost, safety. You need to have good balance to stay on, and you need to be able to follow your horse as well as not to bounce in the saddle. Confidence. A good seat builds confidence. Building upon options in your movement to become more flexible, powerful, and balanced in a variety of situations results in more confidence. On the horse, absorbing the forces coming from the horse requires you to be flexible and make subtle variations in your movement to build your seat. This improves your functioning for better confidence. Off the horse, master your own movements through exploration, novelty, and variation. So you find greater ease and strength without strain for functional movement. And through that confidence, riders rises, taking your new movement skills to the saddle then, and confidence becomes easier. You can then deal with perturbances such as shying or a buck, because you can find both the flexibility and the stability in your seat much more easily. A good seat functions to communicate with your horse, and it is key to a good partnership. Development of self-reliance is important to develop your seat. That ability to learn how to learn. Small, almost invisible movements make big shifts, and that takes commitment to change. You do it through noticing and exploration of movement, that ability to be curious when you're noticing in the moment. You become engaged and curious. It becomes pleasant, almost playful. Like a child being able to entertain themselves through play, children learn through play. Your seat, your ability to make subtle adjustments come from being mindful, and I would say almost playful self-learning moments in, in your development. And you multiply that 10,000 times plus and your seat improves. It's easy when it's fun and results in lasting changes. So how do you develop a good seat? 
As with any skill, dedication and commitment to improve is required. Understand and educate yourself the components of a functional seat so you know your ideal goal. Now your movement creates your seat. It's dynamic and you need to deal with the forces coming from the horse. Those forces require movement. Movement's required to make it look like you're quiet and still. So your seat's not static, it's very much dynamic. And there's many different approaches for seat development. Traditionally, instructors tell you what to do. Fixing problems tends to focus on the problem. So if you have an unsteady hand, you're told to keep your hand still. Or if you're, you have a swinging leg, you're just simply told to stop moving your leg. And the cause of these problems are numerous. And often it's not where the problem's perceived. Most riders try to willfully fix the problem by focusing on that exact problem. And this creates tension, frustration, and struggle. And that tension, frustration, and struggle become the norm and is often accepted when it doesn't need to be. So let's take my left hand. I struggled with my left hand. It seemed to have a mind of its own. My left hand would drop the contact so the reins would loop, the rein would loop and my left, the left rein would loop and I'd suddenly snatch it back. And no matter how I tried, I just didn't have the awareness to keep it still so focusing on keeping it still obviously didn't work. Um, what ended up working was becoming aware of my torso. I had a sense in my back that my right, that I was very much aware in my mind's eye, my right side of my back. The left side of my back was empty. There was like, it didn't even exist. And I had to figure out what I needed to do through many movement explorations to get a sense that my, the left side of my back could support my left arm and hand. And I combined that with getting clarity as far as where my elbow was relative to my side. And that produced a change in me that allowed my hand, left hand to be steady and it no longer drops the contact and suddenly snatches it back. So other traditional approaches include, to improve your seat, include lunge lessons. That's an excellent way to improve your seat. Now they're not readily available and you need a skilled instructor and a suitable horse. But there's many exercises that challenge your balance and help you make adjustments to your seat um, but they could, the, those lessons can also help you build greater awareness. Take, for example, the exercise of taking your arms out to the side and rotating, twisting in and out. So your arms are shoulder length out to the side and you'll twist inwards in your torso, bringing your one arm forward towards the horse's ears and the other arm back towards the horse's tail. And then you rotate the other way outwards but you can teach it in a way that brings more attention to the movement. 
I'll inquire for the rider to notice where they observe tension as they twist in and out. And sometimes with a little prompting, they'll bring awareness that typically tension arises in the legs. So when they twist out, there may be, they may grip in with their inside leg and when they twist in, they grip with their outside leg. Also drawing attention to how the weight shifts on the seat bones. And if they keep one seat bone unstable, I mean, not unstable, um, weighted, it may create some instability. So releasing the tension in the leg, helping maintain a draped leg, finding counterbalance through the opposite seat bone, all contributes to greater stability and flexibility and awareness in that movement. It creates a global attention and brings greater value to your lunge lessons. Another way of improving your seat is to work without stirrups. Now it's fairly convenient, and but you do need a safe horse and only do it based on your skill level. Um, but those the skills needed to ride with stirrups is not to be underestimated. I've had lots of students tell me it's easier to sit without stirrups. Stirrups are there, they're helpful for balance, but they're also something that can be braced against. And many times that bracing is actively taught. For example, in heels down, if you push down into your stirrup, many times the leg comes forward and, and gives the impression that the heels are down, pleasing your instructor. But that downward push into your stirrup creates an equal and opposite push upward, stiffening your joints and stiffening the rider's body so they're not flexible and therefore with any sudden changes from the horse will create instability. Another way to improve your seat is use of imagery. It's excellent, it can work, but because it's an external focus, like just say imagining you're a tree, um, that rider may relate to that tree and re the, the, the thought of the tree and will interpret it using their same habitual patterns of movement. And they're not going to find some of the changes they need to in their seat because they don't know those additional options that are available to them in movement in that image. And also sometimes an image is not relatable because it's an external focus. So instead, a focus on internal sensation. So how a movement feels, the, the level of effort involved in the movement, the, the perception of lightness or heaviness to improve sensation may actually be more helpful. And those imagery can work off the horse also. But all, some off the horse strategies is you wanna develop functional movement patterns. So the sense to develop ease of movement. Efficient movement is easy. It gives a sense of effortless strength. So any sense of tension, strain, and effort should be a clue to search for solutions. So effort and strains red red flag. 
Riding requires fitness to ride. So going faster than a walk is a cardiovascular workout. So you do need a basic level of fitness or you'll find yourself getting out of breath quickly. And muscular strain should be minimal when you're just getting fit to ride and disappear as fitness improves. Strain and tension is a sign that a change in movement pattern to be more efficient may be needed. Now there are times there's a difficulty in the horse's movement. If they're unbalanced, you may find that you need to grip to stay on a little bit better and that may create some uh, soreness on your part um, and that there needs to be uh, something in the horse's training that needs to be addressed. And that's a whole nother topic to discuss at a later time. Improving movement patterns off the horse example, clarity and folding the, your, in, in the hip joint um, is a good way to, to improve your seat. Many riders tend to round their back when they fold or they perceive their folding and oftentimes at the waist, at the level of the waist and or arch their back to come back to vertical. Finding clarity and folding from the hips important and can be worked both on and off the horse. And taking to the saddle, um, posting trot, standing in your stirrups, jumping position, they're uh, important. They're, they all include folding in the hip. Clarity and folding the hip is important for maintaining alignment in your torso. And it's the beginning of clarifying the lengthening of your spine, which is important for seat aids and stability. I love to teach sit to stand as part of this process, which is coming from standing, uh, coming from stand up to standing from a chair. It can also be done on the horse and teaching and standing in the stirrups. And I'm always tickled when someone senses the lightness and ease in which you can come to standing. They don't realize the unnecessary work they were doing for such a simple movement initially. And the weightless, weightlessness when sit to stand is done well is what you want to sense in the saddle. That movement is light and pleasurable. When someone figures out the feeling of lightness that shows up in their movement, they're able to recognize the strain that was present, present but not perceived beforehand. And that's quite eye-opening to many people. It's an example of not knowing what you don't know. Other lessons I use teaching using strategies of inquiry and mindful movement that translate, translate well to riding are squatting. And I'm not, not talking about squats like in exercise. Or walking backwards. Walking backwards is an excellent way to improve some of the subtle movement skills for riders and provide very good foundational movement skills that can be taken to the saddle. And finally, a word on self-reliance in a good seat. Trusting your ability to sense how you're moving is important. The subtle adjustments in developing a seat that functions to communicate well are almost invisible and are unique to you. And where you are now as a rider is unique to you. A functional seat has distinct elements that must be obtained, but the process is individual. 
you find what works for you and your horse. A good instructor is a facilitator, a guide to help you stay committed and dedicated, and one that clearly understands the components of a good seat and has learned how to assist you in that process. You are the one that takes the reins to develop your ability to sense what's true and functional. Staying in the moment with curiosity and attention is a big part of building a good seat. Trust yourself. Build the sensory skills to trust yourself. Know the components of a functional seat and commit to develop it. Now this talk is only touching on the topic I and I do hope I provided you inspiration and some unique thoughts and perspectives. And if you like this podcast, subscribe to my channel and contact me to sign up for my newsletter. That's for it for today. Thank you again. Bye now.